Hey everybody, welcome to My Sister Made Me View It Roswell Edition, Emily's TV Choice. That's right, the Roswell series is my choice, which means I have seen it before, and Meg is the one who, for whatever reason, has refused to watch it for the last 10 plus years. So she's being a really good sport and watching this teen drama through with me, and we talk about it, and it's been really fun, at least for me. Like I said, Meg's a good sport. Man, life has been super crazy lately. Megan was home for two weeks and we were so busy during all that time that we never actually got to record a podcast together in person. But a good thing we have a ton of backlog episodes, so never you fear. This episode is Roswell Season 1, Episode 3, Monsters. So sit back, relax, and here we go. Sister Made Me View It TV edition, where we're going to talk about the OG Roswell today. My name's Emily, and I made some good plans this week to work on my book. But you didn't! I didn't! <laughs> my name is Megan, and I storyboarded a lot this week. A lot. A lot. Basically, I storyboarded twice what I normally do, so it's like I stole Emily's book time. She did. Stolen. It's gone. Um... Today we're going to talk about Roswell, Season 1, Episode 2, which is called Monsters. Monsters. Do we need to do an intro different than that? But we're doing a podcast. I like what we had. We're doing a podcast! A podcast! A note before we start. This has been the longest gap we've had between watching the material and recording the episode. You thought last time was bad. (laughs) Because while... Emily didn't write on her book this week. She did edit our entire backlog of episodes while I was drawing storyboards. And they look really good. They do. They look really nice. Good job. You did a good job. I'm pleased. So this week it's my turn to put my head down and grind because my book submission is due in three weeks and I haven't done. It's due in three weeks? (laughs) I thought it was due in January. Nope. The week before. Hey. You gotta write your. What are we podcasting for? <laughs> we'll just do this and then go back. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so today we're gonna talk about, like we said before, Roswell. I'm so excited. I really, really love this series, and Megan is being a really good sport. But guess what? I'm also being a really good sport because I'm reading the entirety of Way of Kings for her. So Emily's gotten to the part of Way of Kings that's interesting. I don't think I've gotten to that point in Roswell yet. <laughs> I know it's probably going to get really great in season two. Yes. <laughs> so we start off with Maria. Maria. She's... Oh, quick synopsis of this episode. Oh, yes. Everyone thinks Maria's going to tattle. So Isabel walks in her dreams and it's just fine at the end. It's fine. <laughs> And Miss Topolsky gives everybody career advice. Oh, Miss Topolsky! <laughs> and Max gets a job. All right. We open up with Maria driving down the road singing Genie in a Bottle, which I was just like, ah, oh, 90s, yes. And she sees Isabel on the side of the road with the Jeep. It's clearly broken down, so she offers Isabel a ride. And I love this scene because you can tell Maria is super nervous with Isabel and you know 
and Isabel notices Maria's keychain and there's an alien on it. <laughs> Maria's all, my mom makes them. I'll tell her to stop. Uh, so as they're riding in the car, Isabel just uses her powers like five different ways. Even though they have a sacred pact not to. <laughs> One of the things that she does is she makes Maria's air conditioning blow cold air. And as someone who lives in a desert and has had a car without air conditioning, I really felt for Maria there because I'm like, no, no, don't get offended by how terrible my car is. It's my car and it's fine. Really quick tangent. I want to tell you guys the story about riding to Megan's car. We were in Las Vegas heading back to Utah. I met Megan up there because she got to guest star on Hollywood's Sherlock parody. Not uh, guest star, sorry. I was an extra. An extra. <laughs> I was an extra. Sorry. Yes, star. I believe so hard in you. Thank you. <laughs> you can see the back of my head in like four shots. So anyways. <laughs> had enough sleep this week what hillary hannah if you're listening to this i love you thank you for letting me be an extra in sherlock <laughs> so i was out there for a work trip and we met up and instead of riding back with my co-workers i wanted to ride back with megan a mistake as it <laughs> and as we we leave from las vegas i'm going oh meg on the way in i saw all these people a lot of cars with their windows rolled down i just realized their air conditioning must be broken I just thought, how awful would that be to have to drive through the desert with a broken air conditioner? Megan says nothing. Like, the suspicious sort of nothing. Not a, yeah, that's awful. Or, huh, I never thought of it that way. And I go, Megan, does your air conditioner work? Megan? Megan? We lasted for about two hours and then we had to stop at a gas station and just buy a ton of ice cream. Okay, so I've had this car for seven years now, and for five of those years, I did not have air conditioning. And one time, we had just done a film screening at work, um, where everyone at the studio got to watch the film we were currently on. Uh, And then everyone else went bowling, but I wanted to go back to the office, and one of the directors, not of our film, a different film, one of the directors was like, hey, can I catch a ride back with you? And I just stared at it for a second, and I'm like, my car's really messy, and there's no AC. And he's like, is that a no? And I'm like, no, but it's not great. <laughs> so driving with your windows down in downtown Hollywood is just awful, because we were driving. There's too many tangents already. Anyway, Mar- <laughs> Maria and Isabel in the car together. Enemies to friends. <laughs> Speed run. Maria is freaking out because, like we said, Isabel's making her air conditioning work, making her stereo work better. They're, okay, they're on a long stretch of highway where there's no one, and Maria spends most of it not watching the road. And as we're watching it, because this is my pet peeve in TV shows, is when, obviously, the actors themselves aren't driving. There's some kind of tow truck that's always pulling the car with actors in it while they're filming. And it bothers me when the actor who's behind the driving steering wheel 
uh, keeps looking over. So I keep yelling at Maria, watch the road! Watch the road! And then? And then she rear ends the sheriff. Sheriff Sharif. <laughs> sheriff Sharif, who gets out of the car, walks over with his hand on his gun the whole time. The sheriff is the worst. I can't believe the sheriff's gonna die and then Kyle becomes the new sheriff. Cut to our favorite opening credits and then Miss Tobolsky, I guess this week is giving career, career advice or giving everybody tests. You aptitude tests. Aptitude tests. I still am of the opinion that Miss Topolsky is trying to figure out which of the kids at the high school is an alien. It's a fun little montage because we see everybody. We see... Well, we don't see Michael, but we see everybody else. (laughs) But yeah, we see Max and Isabel and Maria and Liz and a couple featured extras. And Alex and Kyle as well show up. Who's Alex? Oh, right. (laughs) You should not have named him a different name. He hasn't got to do a lot yet. He's usually one or two funny bits in each episode. And I can't wait till he finds out the secret and we get some better time with with Alex. You get the idea that Roswell is a very small town because people are like, well, I want to be a supermodel and I want to be a pro quarterback and I want to be all of these things. And Maria's like, you're going to work at Tasty Breeze. You're going to be in prison. Like, no one's going anywhere. Maria, you don't know that. Liz, when she is doing her aptitude test, is just like, I already know what I want to be. Molecular biologist at Harvard. And that is what she's going to be. And she talks about how in control she is and this is her plan. And she has everything planned out. And Liz had a really interesting like mini arc in this one because it's all about being in control. She's in control of this. She's got to, you know, she's she's got to juggle all this stuff, but she's in control. I think Miss Topolsky currently believes that Max and Liz and Isabel and Michael are aliens. Like, I think Miss Topolsky thinks Liz is one of the aliens. And so Miss Topolsky shows everybody a picture of a playground with a bunch of kids, and she wants everyone to point out, like, who they feel they are. And, you know, there's kids playing in the sandbox and on the monkey bars. And, and there's, there's like, a cat that's, that's down there, and somebody's trying to help the cat. And there's one kid in particular. And he's behind a tree, and Max says that, he thinks he's behind a tree. And it's a really sweet moment because, like, he's being vulnerable. And Mr. Pulse, he's like, oh, that's a really hard place to be. And she gives him good advice to try and, like, here's how you get out from behind the tree. Just start small. And, you know, she's... Start up a conversation with, with someone. That's your first step out from behind the tree. And so he goes and has a conversation with Liz. So Liz right now... To tie into the the main storyline of Maria's freaking out. That's that's the main storyline of this episode. Maria's freaking out. About aliens. Uh, and Isabel is, in fact, really worried about it as well. She thinks Maria's gonna, gonna squeal to the sheriff. And so Liz comes to Max to be like, hey, Isabel is really freaking Maria out. Can you ask Isabel to just, like, keep her distance for a while? Just, I told Maria that I would ask you... It's like not a big deal (laughs) because the only person whose feelings are important are mine. (laughs) Just kidding. Liz isn't like that. Poor Liz is everyone's go-between. She's like the liaison between the humans and the aliens. And she's like, oh, but didn't didn't you want to say something? And Max is like, what? She's like, you came up to me. And he's like, just stepping out from behind the tree. (laughs) And Liz is like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) 
Isabel and Max and maybe Michael are watching Maria interact with people just on lunch or whatever. And Maria's talking to people. And as they leave, she turns and like trips and sprawls and all of her stuff goes everywhere. <laughs> and I have this written down. Meg wanted to be Liz in high school, but was Maria. <laughs> you said that. That sounds like something I would say. Michael has the easy solution to the problem that is Maria, which is to kill her. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're at the Crashdown Cafe. Ominous music. Oh, the sheriff always enters with an ominous music cue. That darn sheriff. Isabel is in the Crashdown Cafe stalking. What? Real quick. Another note I had that Megan said. She goes, so we're at the Crashdown Cafe. Is the sheriff going to show up? Oh, oh, there he is. <laughs> like you were ready for this. Yeah, um... So Isabel is stalking Maria because Isabel is really afraid that Maria is going to spill the secret. And they're in the cafe and the sheriff comes in and there's like, they have this great moment where the sheriff's in the foreground and Isabel's in the background and like Maria can see both of them and she's A, terrified of Isabel and B, terrified of the sheriff. So it's just like, it's not a good day for Maria. And like this whole episode, the sheriff comes into the Crashdown Cafe a few times and he keeps, you know, ordering food and Maria's always like, to go? You want it to go? So you don't want to be here? You want to leave? And he's like, the first time he's like, yeah, all right, I'll take it to go. And the second time he's like, I'll stay. <laughs> uh, does he order hash the first time? Yeah, because he's sitting down at the table. And Maria comes up to him and, and he asks her what's on the menu. And she's like, we don't, we don't have anything. And he's like, I heard your specials are up there on the board. And they're serving heavenly hash. On the, it's what's listed on the whiteboard today because they've always got fun themed things in the Crashdown Cafe. It's fun. And when Valenti is interviewing Maria a second time, so the first time he ordered Heavenly Hash and he comes back in and he just orders a Coke and Maria turns to the soda machine and I'm like, that's not Coke. That's not Coke. That's not a Coca Cola. She hit the Diet Coke button instead. Sorry, Sheriff. Um, Maria later asked the Sheriff. Is there anything I can tell you? And then she goes, I mean, get you. And so there's a Freudian slip and he starts to be like, because he's still suspicious of her from the quote unquote car crash. Not the one that she ran into him, but the one at the crash festival. And if I was a normal sheriff and this was a teenager in my town, I would assume her nerves and fears were because she crashed her car into the sheriff's car. It's like a big deal. And like he, when he comes back to the cafe, he's like, oh yeah, I need your insurance for this and this and this. Clearly that's why this teenager's nervous. But this sheriff is like, it's aliens. <laughs> and he won't leave her alone. No. But anyway, so Isabel is convinced that Maria is, uh, is going to slip because Sheriff Valenti mentions he wants her to come in to discuss the accident and Isabel's like, she's going to do more. And Isabel's like, I just want to make sure. And we find out a new alien power. Yes, Isabel can dream walk. How'd you feel about that, Megan? I feel fine. I just, I mean, like, they're, they're obviously going to have an extensive list of powers. And I know we've got some sort of empathic, telepathic connection thing. Because when Max touched Liz in an earlier episode, they were able to, like, transfer emotions and memories. So Isabel can walk into people's dreams. Rude. Little invasive. Um, but she does it by just like 
stroking this picture of Maria in the yearbook as she falls asleep. I guess there's a little like, like ripple. Yeah, I guess to like have a focus to concentrate on. If I was writing this episode, I would have had Isabel steal Maria's keychain, her little alien keychain, and use that. Because I feel you would get a more personal connection from an actual possession of the person whose dreams you're walking in, rather than just touching a photo of them. But who am I to explain to these aliens how their molecular powers work? Oh my gosh, quick sidebar back to the aptitude tests. Uh, I wonder if Liz is ever going to get jealous because her dream is to be like this molecular biology scientist and all the aliens have these really out there molecular manipulation <laughs> powers. That they I have like this that. natural gift over the thing that she's going to be studying the next 12 years over. But anyway, she walks in Maria's dream and Maria is dreaming she is in the Crash Town Cafe. Liz is there. And so is Max and Isabel. Dream- there's real Isabel that's dreamwalking, and then there's dream Isabel there. That's dreaming. <laughs> that's dreaming. And Max and Isabel in Maria's dreams are aliens. And Maria is freaking out because nobody else seems to know this. And Liz is like, it's cool. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, the episode's called Monsters. Um, and we see the titular monsters mm-hmm. here in the, in the cafe. And... I don't think Maria realizes that Isabel is really there and just assumes she's also part of the dream. And so when real Isabel starts pointing out, well, why is Michael here? Why doesn't Michael look like an alien? Because Michael's there, hair done nicely in a tuxedo. And Maria goes, he makes me feel safe when he looks like that. I'm less scared of him this way. There you go. And then Maria looks away and looks back and Michael has transformed into a hideous... Monster, who monster has grabbed onto her, and the sheriff is there. And while Maria is being pulled back by the alien, she's yelling at the sheriff, "Sheriff, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something." And she basically spills her guts in her dream. You know, they're aliens. They're aliens. They're aliens. And so Isabel is not reassured that Maria will not say anything. And it's like Isabel. Here's the thing about dreams. People don't, unless they're a very competent, lucid dreamer, they're not going to control what they're seeing and or saying in their dream. But, you know, Isabel's like, I don't think this is great. Touching back on the Liz and the Max story, Max comes into the Crash Down Cafe uh, and he's talking with Liz about, you know, this Maria problem and is Maria going to talk when she goes to see the sheriff? Um, and there's this tourist mom with her tourist kids who are obnoxious it's terrible and they're like oh we're gonna go to this alien museum across the street and and as liz is is helping this woman check out she's she's asking them questions about it and max is like i've never actually been there i've never been to this place because the woman wants to know if there's anything scary and i found it so funny that she's like Is it scary? Is it scary? And she's talking to an alien, and he's like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And when she leaves, he's like, you need to say who her kids are. Oh my gosh, one of her kids is Junie from Spy Kids. Who's the other one? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I just only recognize that one. Because he jumps out with a gun, a little toy toy laser gun, and he's like, aliens, 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 and he's pointing at Max, Max. and it's just funny. So anyway, this lady leaves and, and Max is again talking to Liz being like, 
are you okay with this situation? And Liz is like, I'm fine. I'm cool. And Max is like, really? Because you just shortchanged her $10. And Liz is like, oh, is, is it, it Maria? Maria? <laughs> sorry it's maria it's maria sorry guys we uh we led you astray it's been a while it's, it's been like two yeah. weeks since we watched this uh so it's maria that max is talking to that shortchanged her and then maria's like oh my gosh i'm the only one working here i can't go max will you go for me and max uh takes the ten dollars to to find this lady across the street and we visit what I am sure is going to be a recurring location. So, so far, we've pretty much just had high school and the Crashdown Cafe and then um, the place, well, obviously the sheriff's station and the place where, like, some of the kids, some of the characters live. And now we're getting introduced to a new space. Almost like we're getting introduced to a new character. And I'll be interested to see how... If the budget for this place increases or if it'll really stay the same. Because, like, in Buffy, they, quote, unquote, redecorated the bronze a few times <laughs> after it burned down. This is called the UFO Center. And it's clearly a tourist trap. But Max walks in to find the woman, gives her her change, and is very intrigued by the man giving the tour. The tour. First of all, this place is Disneyland on acid. There's a, a flying saucer with like burned wreckage and like alien bodies strewn all over. And it's very kitschy and it's very almost science fair. I got a lot of science fair vibes yeah. from it. I would say science fair on acid Disneyland wannabe. There we go. Love that. So there's a lot of life-size dioramas and things like that. But the man giving the tour... I can't remember what he mentions, but but Max... Oh, a kid was asking him. A kid in the audience was like asking questions about, well, were there ever aliens? And the guy's like, well, there was a crash here and there's, you know, sightings here, of course. And then from the back of the crowd, Max asks, what about 1959? And the guy immediately is like, who said that? Who, is, who said that? Who is it? And, and so he... He shoves everyone else off and kind of corners Max and is like, what do you know about 1959? And then Max is like, what do you know about aliens? And the guy's like, come back tomorrow. We'll talk. So, dun, dun, dun. So this might be a lead. And I'm actually kind of glad Max didn't tell Michael about it because I do not think Michael would be delicate in this situation. Not at all. When Max comes back the next day... The man explains, he's like, listen, I know this is a tourist trap. I know. I, I just do it to pay the bill so I can continue my search for aliens. And this man firmly believes he's been in the presence of an alien before. And he pulls out of his wallet this old photo of him as a kid with the shadow of, like, a the very stereotypical. Shape, yeah. yeah. So he believes that was taken in 1959. He believes that. That was the alien from 1959. And so at first Max is like, okay, this this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He just has a picture of a shadow on a wall. Um, but the guy says that he has all of this research saved up and that he's been documenting it for years and years and years. Um, and he points to where it's stored. And Max is like, can anyone just go in there? And the guys, of course, like, no, it's locked up. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, Max is going to come break in the way they broke into the sheriff's office. But instead, 
this guy offers Max a job at the UFO museum. What is it? UFO Center. The UFO Center. And Max says yes. He's stepping out from behind his tree. (laughs) I hope he gets a great, cool uniform. Just something really dorky. Uh, Because I love the idea of Max and Liz being work buddies and being like, oh, I'll see you at work. And they'll just like wave at each other from across the street. It's just going to be really cute. And I have one slight spoiler for the series. Because when I was looking up on the wiki uh, about Jonathan Frakes last week... (laughs) there was a picture of him in the ufo center talking to max so i know he's gonna come back and cameo again and he's gonna visit the ufo center (laughs) we love us some jonathan frakes so we're barreling towards the big moment of this episode and it's maria's upcoming (sighs) inappropriate inappropriate (laughs) one-on-one interview with valenti you know, she's talking with Liz about it. And, like, Liz is like, Maria, stay in control. And Maria's like, I don't think I can. I think I'm just going to spill and tell him everything. Like, I can't promise that I won't. Liz gives Maria a list of answers of what to say about the night of the Crashdown Festival of, I don't remember. I was unconscious. I only saw headlights. And, and again, Liz is like, you need to be in control, which I thought was a neat, like, thread of her her character. And Maria's just like... You want me to memorize these? Like, she's she's yeah. just really freaked out about it. She's like, Liz, you can't be in control of how I feel. That. I thought that was a really good, like, friendship moment, too, because mm-hmm. I just I just thought that was really nice where she's like, Liz, this is the line. Please respect my boundaries. And Maria really stands up for herself in this scene being like, Liz, you've just, like, accepted everything's okay. And emotionally, I'm not on the same page as you. I don't know if everything's okay. I don't know that these aliens aren't dangerous. Because, like, Liz is really asking Maria to, like, take a lot of faith. And, like, it was played for laughs in the first episode. But when, in the pilot episode, when Liz first tells Maria about this, Maria runs away screaming. She is so terrified of the aliens. Which, I think, as the audience, we're like, well, that's silly. (laughs) They've got such pretty big eyes. Whatever that was. Those Liz's words. <laughs> um, oh, but Maria is headed to her interview with the sheriff. And her outfit, she's wearing... Okay, I know Maria has her own unique sense of style. But I like that she picked out her own interrogation outfit, which just looks very uh, simple schoolgirl uh, with a, a white button-up shirt and a tie with a, a plaid dress over it and, like, a thick headband. And she's just, she's very much dressing like, I am a good, kind girl, <laughs> Mr. Sheriff. <laughs> and on her way there to the sheriff's office, she sees Isabel and her mom. Isabel's mom, not Maria's mom. And she's sort of getting this moment. And I think it's really the first time, I think it's really the first time she's seen Isabel as a person. And not as a monster. In the sheriff's office, he asks her questions and she's so nervous that she starts stating the answers that Liz gave her. But they're clearly out of order and clearly not the answers. So, like, he asks Maria, what were you doing? Who were you going to meet the night of the crash festival? And just deadpan Maria goes, nothing, just headlights. 
And then the sheriff says, was there someone waiting for you? I don't know. I was unconscious. <laughs> like, and she's just got this completely blank deer in the headlights. I almost look. feel like she's having an out-of-body experience at this point. <laughs> Where she's just so afraid. She's like, what did Liz say? I have to say what, what Liz told me to say. <laughs> and they, he goes on and talks about how he wants to help her. He wants to protect her. And he doesn't say aliens, but he's basically alluding heavily to, we owe it to not let any more families get broken up. We, and he's like, we, you and I need to protect them. And you can do that by telling me the truth. Because he talks about his father. And how his father was sheriff before him. And his father is now dead. And he doesn't want any more families being destroyed. Does he, I can't remember if they've stated it or not. Does Sheriff Valenti think the aliens killed his father, or did his father kind of, like, drive himself to an early grave because of work? I don't think they've mentioned it yet. Okay. But we just know that there's a there's a wall. <laughs> Trust me. There's a wall there. <laughs> so uh, this speech kind of breaks Isabel out of it because she remembers... Liz. It's Maria. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Just headlights. <laughs> Um, Maria remembers seeing Isabel and her mom, and she says, Sheriff, you're right, we don't want to break up any more families. And she won't, like, give him the answers he's looking for, basically. Oh. And this is the start of a really beautiful friendship with Isabel and Liz. Nope. Maria. Yep. (laughs) You're gonna get it. It'll be good. I'm gonna get it. And the... The episode ends the way it began with Isabel on the side of the road with the broken down Jeep. Jeep and Maria picking her up and they all meet together. Maria, Isabel, Max, Liz, and Michael at the school and kind of like go off into the sunset together. Like, hey, we're we're a friend group now and we got each other's backs. Here we go. We're... The team is all on the same page, and we are getting ready for next week's episode, which is called... Here's just some fun trivia. At the end of the episode, everyone's career results. Oh, yeah. Kyle wanted to be a pro football player, and his results stated that he is best suited for law enforcement. Shocker. Shocker. Um, Alex, instead of answering any questions Miss Topolsky gave him asked his own questions and so he realized he was going to be or she told him you're best suited to be a psychologist isabel wanted to be a supermodel she's just like you work with what you got like it's very you know it's very plausible for her to be a supermodel versus some of the other people that are like well i want to be you know something like that uh and Ms. Topolsky is like, oh, but all of the questions that you answered, care strongly for others, has a strong desire to have a family, that puts you in more of a caretaker field. She didn't give it an exact job. She just says, caretaker. Yeah. And Liz wants to be head of molecular biology at Harvard. I don't know what her career test said. Emily, did you ever take a career aptitude test? You know, I do remember doing that. But it never, I never gave me like a career that I remember it being like, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. It's just like, you're good at these things. And I'm like, well, what do those things mean I need to do? So what were some dream careers you had in high school? Listen, you guys, 
I didn't start thinking about my career until I was in my last semester at college. I was like, oh, I need to do something with my life. Because I took English classes because I like to read. I like to read. So. Um, but I'm trying to think of like a dream, a dream one. Nope, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Elementary school, I very closely together within one year, I was like, marine biologist and then i'm like nope zoology specializing in large primates uh and then i was like nope paleontologist uh and then at age eight i think i was like do you know what storyboard artist and i really wanted to do that until i don't know who talked me out of it but i just remember in high school being like okay art isn't a real job (laughs) i need a real job so my plan my senior year of high school was um, I was going to go into international law and politics. I was going to learn three languages and be a translator at the UN and for the Olympics. That was my career goal. And then one of my coworkers just said to me one day, you know, you never talk about politics and you always talk about movies. Have you thought about animation? And I'm like, that's not a real job. (laughs) But it turns out it was a major and a job. So here I am now. Ta-da! It took a bit of a detour. <laughs> so listen, you don't know what you want in high school. <laughs> no one knows what they really want in high school. And you can change your mind whenever. That was so surprising to me. I'm not going to go on a... Just that was so surprising to me because I thought once you chose something in college, you had to stick with it and do it till the end. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm the oldest in our family. And I'm the guinea pig for everything. And so my dad one day was like, yeah, if you don't like what you're doing, you can change your major. And I was like, what? It's just one of those things that nobody tells you, but like everybody knows about. And so, so there you have it. There's monsters. That was episode three. And next week it is called Leaving Normal. This is season one, episode four. Megan, do you have any predictions? I think the sheriff is almost going to discover the truth, and then they confound him at the last moment. She waved her hands in the air, and I'm like, molecular magic. (laughs) Because what's happened every single episode, the sheriff almost finds out, and they confound him at the last moment. I don't want that to be the weekly. I'm sort of hoping for more, like, week-to-week mysteries and strange things happening around town. But uh, so far we've had kind of a a character central story each episode. Pilot was sort of like the introduction, and then episode two was Liz's feelings for Max, uh, and then Michael's big drive to find answers. This week we've had Maria and Isabel kind of like get on board. So we've, we've taken these first three episodes to get our five main characters on the same page. So I'm hoping that the show will open up and we will, uh, we'll see what comes up next week. So what was the name of the title again? It is called Leaving Normal. Yes. Okay. My guess for next week's episode, my sincere guess, um, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) As a, as a, a writer... As a TV, mm-hmm. you know, person, what what do you think? What's the next logical step? Do you think it's going to be Max's first day at work? Um, getting some more, just some of the information uh, from there. I think Miss Topolsky is finally going to get the chance to talk to Michael, who she's really been looking after uh, to get. And I think we are going to get one more 
piece of evidence about 1959. Cool, 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 cool. Well, you guys, I hope that you have a very productive week and that you've enjoyed listening to this. If you don't mind, if you'd go give us a, a review and maybe leave something nice to say, that would be great for us. You keep saying this, but we don't know where they're going to leave the reviews. I know. I'm just we like... We don't know where we're going to put this up yet. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, so for now, uh, I got to go back and get writing so I can turn in my submission. I got to go draw some more storyboards. Never ends. I believe in you. I believe in you. Break. for tuning in to My Sister Made Me View It Roswell Edition. And good news, guess what? We did figure out where you need to go and submit your ratings and reviews. If you could just head over to iTunes and leave a little love for me specifically because Megan and I are in a competition to see whose podcast can get the most reviews. Um, so far, I get the reviews for Haunting of Hill House and Roswell, and she gets the reviews for uh, Our Way of Kings podcast. The sister with the least amount of reviews has to buy the other one dinner. And listen, Megan has very expensive, fancy tastes, and so if she wins, I'm going to have to pay a really nice dinner out of pocket. Do your girl a solid and go drop some love and some reviews on the Roswell and the Haunting of Hill House episodes. Then join us next week on August 19th, where you can hear the newest episode of Way of Kings. And then the week after that, come join us on Tuesday the 24th for our next Haunting of Hill House episode, and again on the 26th for our new Roswell episode. Where on earth did August of 2021 go? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If you want to check us out in between any of those times, you can always find us on our social media feeds. We are Sis Made Me View It on our Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Or you can find us on our website, www.sismademeviewit. Many thanks again to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. And so, I'm going to sign off for now. I've got a business trip coming up that I haven't packed for. Uh, don't tell my boss. And so, I'm going to go do that right now. And so, you guys go enjoy your week. And just remember, I believe in you.